informative conversation. This is the podcast called Talking Black and White with producer James and me, Kitty Kaboom. Today we're talking about the world of Hollywood casting from both a white man and an Afro-Latino woman's perspective. Well, Kitty, it's it's more reality casting than, say, TV or feature films. So, let's get right to it. Maybe. I mean, how tough was it for you to get into the industry? I mean, overall, I mean, you know, was it, you know, did you have any hurdles to come over? I mean, because I didn't. I just got, like, literally, I, I just I got didn't. Hired. I started way back in the days when Fifth Wheel, Blind Dates, Parental Control first came into the scene. So that'll tell you how long I've been casting, approximately 16, 17 plus years. Um, done everything from games shows to cooking shows to love shows competition shows lots of nail skewed shows documentary um you know you name it you name the genre I've, I've produced and cast it I was brought in if we're since we're talking race I was brought in by my work wife which is a white woman and we had the best chemistry um the best relationship and even between her and I there, it was nothing ever about race like she was like uh, 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 I love all people type one. You're talking about Sarah? And then from there, and I'll be honest, even in, yes, even in my whole career, I really haven't had any issues where you're a Black casting producer or Afro-Latina casting producer. If anything, in the last few years, being Afro-Latina has helped me get more jobs. Yeah, in the last like, few years. You know Let's I mean? be clear. But in prior the last, to and that. Honestly, in the last few years. But prior to that, it was it was my my hustle, my work ethics, like who I am. I was, a, I'm, a, I'm still a beast in casting. But I'm you can still say with honestly, casting. though, Mimi, right? I'm sure that you're, and I'm sure you are an amazing at what you do. The fact that you're able to speak that truth for yourself, congratulations to you to know that about yourself. But at the end of the day, do you really believe that prior to this couple of years, this George Floyd movement, that there wasn't a side eye, that there wasn't a, uh, do we have to take her? You pushed through. I'll be very, I'll be, I'll be I'm honest. sure that someone stood at the gate and was like, mm. I'll be honest with you. I never, I didn't, I didn't feel any of that. I'll be, and I honestly think, I don't think that has anything to do with color. I think it's just who I am as a person, to be quite frank with you. But I don't feel like I have to. able to see and, that. And, and yeah, so. no, no, some, I'll be honest. I have I have no stories where it's been because I've overheard executives not knowing that I was listening. I don't want to hire another black person for the show. Mm -hmm. So, but for me, in my experience, I think that's have, because I didn't have homegirl, that difficulty. Do you believe that that's because homegirl was your homegirl because you kind of had a white ally to kind of usher you in? Because had you gone in there on your own or had a black person tried to take you under their wing, do you think it would have been the same um, response or same? Let me, let me let me let me back up a little bit. OK, so from my knowledge, all of my jobs, I did have strife as far as, you know, she's a black casting associate, a black casting producer, but I do believe along the way there are some times that i did not get the job because you would see my name you don't know you don't know who mimi is you don't know if mimi's Absolutely. white you don't know if mimi's black exactly. you don't know if mimi's latina you don't know if mimi's asian you don't know but i do believe so when i got on the phone or maybe yep. we had a zoom yeah it was all excitement in the email and mm -hmm. then they got on with me and i feel like there was a change in demeanor or tone so <laughs> yeah, i have to have that yes Absolutely. however with the jobs that i've had when i've acquired these jobs I didn't feel like I was treated unfair, but only one job. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, can I want to call these motherfuckers out so bad, but I'm not going to do that. One job. <laughs> <laughs> one job. Where these fools played that black race car. And I got, and it was a black show. And I was so pissed off about it. But the producers, the executive producers, and the production company, all white. And who got 
the blame for the mishap when I was a segment producer? Would they wanted to go gorilla style? They they got they got in trouble with the law, but it was my fault. We won't talk. Yeah, about you it. was the scapegoat, of course. They we won't talk about it no. because you're easily to get rid of. Exactly. Yeah, of they course. didn't get rid of me. They didn't get rid of me because I think they believed that I would sue them, but they did demote me. But I took it. And I ran with it. Mm-hmm. I want to put. I want to call this company out so bad. They're in the valley, on on Laurel Canyon. I'll say that. Mimi, when you were asked to cast a show, say a specific, you know, kind of person you were looking for. I mean, if they were like, you know, we need some black guys, we need some black girls. How was the? Uh, I mean, did you? How did you feel about that? I mean, did you when you when when you went when you had to cast them? Where was your? Where did you? Where was your database? Where did you look for them? You know, did it all depend on the, the subject? Obviously, it depended on the subject matter of the series. But how would you go about, like, you know, recruiting black uh, black pe- uh, black people for black men and women for for your show? You know, as a casting producer, I cannot tell you where I would go to find my cast. <laughs> but what I can tell you, unless you hire me, but what I what? can tell you is when they ask me for that. You can best bet I stepped up to bat to say, great, we're having some representation. And when I had to pitch these Black, Latino, Asians to the network, I represented it and fought for them. You would have where you give them a variety, you know, in, in reality, it's always like, you know, they want a fucking unicorn. They want a unicorn that shits <laughs> rainbows and pisses fucking, I don't know, you know, but they want the world. You give them the world. Oh, that's really not what we wanted. So then you have to go to bat for your people, right? Okay, they're educated. You know, they come from a diverse background, meaning they were a gangster. Now they changed to a businessman. Um, never been incarcerated, obviously, because they couldn't be on the show. But, you know, just their just their trajectory in life, like their pros and cons, what they've gone through, what makes them an amazing character? Why would people fucking root for them? Like, I would have to sell these people. And, and as a Black woman representing Black people for a show, I'm going to come through to be like, yo, this is, you, you're not going to get any better than this. You know what I mean? Like, what, what are you looking for? Do you want them to have some flaws? Because I'm sure they have some dynamics in their personality and their background. So it is about really stepping up to bat for the people that you cast, especially if they're amazing characters with a um, diverse, diverse background. I have to say, Mimi, one person that really kind of promoted that diverse background and all that kind of stuff was James DeBow. And both of us worked for him. It's good to... To, to bring James DeBose up really briefly because he was at that time, and this was like in 2005, the only, to our, to my knowledge, the only like black man that had a production company. Basically he produced a lot of black content. Yes, they were on BET and other diverse black networks, but he went up to bat to produce and make sure that we were represented, even if it was in the music industry, even if it was, um, you know, whatever the genre is. He was like, these are, this is what people want. And this is what I want to produce. The fact that so, you had to go to bat saddens me because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. they will take a white person that has been to jail, that has been through a lifetime of turmoil and bad decisions and whatever else and be like, oh yeah, no, he's perfect. Cause they are cute or they're, you know, whatever they aesthetically need for that space. But we TV can show pretty. up in all our glory and we still mm-hmm. have to be told like, yeah, maybe not that mm. like we thought, but not exactly. Like we got to be, you know, Obama just to get into the room. It's ridiculous. That's a true story. A true story. Now, my whole thing was like the weirdest like time when I've worked for someone would be like you're working for you're specific, you're casting a specific show like uh, like more of a white based show with white contestants and candidates and say black uh, contestants and candidates. What were the kind of things you were told 
you know, when you had to get specific candidates, because I, I mean, I worked for um, for Tyra, like her season one, mm-hmm. when she first came out and she was kind of like, uh, she wanted to be the Oprah Winfrey of like the, the young generation. And we had like a direct call from the ca- from from the producers. We're like, mm-hmm. we don't want to be a black show. They, they kind of said that to us. They're like, we don't want to be a black show. We want to have appeal to everybody. And mm-hmm. we kind of want to get this, you know, the kind of cast of people that have those stories and they're pr- primarily white. And that was the most difficult kind of thing because it was the black people who wanted to do the show and the white people who didn't. And they were kind of like they wanted the, you know, the Chads and the Sallies and they would have all these different things to say. And you wouldn't get them and they wouldn't want to do the show because they don't want to air their dirty laundry. But you had the black, you know, people who wanted to be on it and they wanted to do it and they were like very keen on it. So it was kind of a it was it was very difficult to actually cast a show like that when they had a certain demographic. And again, with the demographics, they always want to say, you know, they always want to have hit the higher level demographics as far as like what they can sell and advertising sell more mercedes less kias kind of thing and i just thought that was kind of weird but you know for a show to premiere like that you know the first season to do that to kind of set that bar that high where it like it wanted them but didn't want them and they wanted them to view it but they didn't want to cast them and uh, you know even with like the bachelor you look at that too you don't have too many you didn't have like i mean yeah back in the day it was more you know you want your white people if i can say that um and your white mm-hmm. you know women fe- females and males and you know you want the preppy you want the more sophisticated you want the business type and yeah let's throw in a token black guy or a latino or an asian here or there um and i feel like maybe i want to say honestly five years ago it was like that i feel like in the last mm-hmm. oof, three four three years I, honestly things have changed Honestly, they're like, we got to diversify. We need to balance it. Um, We need to make sure we're having, you know, our Blacks, our Asians, our Latinos. They are asking for a United Color of Benetton now. And back in the day, it was not like that. Mimi, even when... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say, when you're talking about The Bachelor, like, it didn't become... How many... How many scenes of The Bachelor have we had? And we just finally had a Black Bachelor. And Mm. frankly, the only reason why we had that Black Bachelor or the producers brought that Black Bachelor is because of what happened with... Bachelor to me is a good example. I mean, most of the Bachelors, if not all of them, uh, have been all white guys, you know, white kind of like, you know, Southern or, you know, you know, that, that, you know, Wisconsin kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. And they finally ended up getting a black guy. I mean, why do you think it took so long? For I mean, in all honesty, we, 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 we finally got, uh, they finally requested a brother to be a bachelor. Honestly, I want to say because of George Floyd, once George Floyd hit ground, Everybody wanted to diversify their content, their shows. They wanted more this. They wanted the inclusion. And now, I mean, I'll be very honest with you, speaking of, of, you know, the Black Bachelor. And with that, do you really understand the motivation behind that? Because you know that we live in a capitalistic society, right? So literally, the bottom line is going to always be capitalism equaling money. So the bottom line is they need all these bachelors and we have to have it in this this ramp up because Mm -hmm. the pressure from us and the world as a whole, because we are the global majority, let's be clear. I mean, we are, we are, we are, we are like standing our, we're standing our ground. 
and we're like, yo, we yeah, want to see us. Right, but it has we more to do see with us. money than it does with anything else. We're saying to them, we want to see us, and they're saying, oh, no, you're going to not watch if we don't put you on? Okay, then we have to do it. But by no means do I believe that it comes from a genuine place. or oh, like they feel Right, like all of a sudden, yeah. right, 2022 absolutely hits, and they're not. like, we got to make sure we get everybody if, on board. If we, if we didn't have the last the last few years where we had in history Amen. with Black people, yep, we would still be watching. We would still be there. Exactly. All white shows. Now you go into all these jobs and it's like diversity and inclusion. I don't, and Kitty, please correct me if I'm wrong. I remember trying to apply for network jobs. I never heard nothing about no diversity and inclusion before Girl, the last three to you, four years. That's in there, but it's written in the back pages of, of what they have to do by law. It might be that in there, but they have never, never implemented any diversity oh, and conclusion ever. I, yeah, I don't. The other I don't thing remember I was that. Gonna say about the Bachelor too is it's very interesting to me because I remember distinct, distinctly reading an article where they cast him, and obviously he's a black man. But when they asked him about his preferences, you know, did the interviews that they would do with any of them, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. specifically said, "I only date white women." So, like, <laughs> like what is the literally you put him here, and that's why he got on the show. Because they knew that he was only going to be attracted to the white women that they presented. And how many did they have? Maybe two or three black women. They knew what they were doing. Oh, we got to throw some in there to make it look, you know. Listen, reality, I can't even speak the way that I'm sure you guys can on that genre because it's so manipulated. I've been on a reality show. I know how the producers come in and they used to feed us drinks after drinks after drinks and be like, mm-hmm. okay. Alcohol is so, your best friend. There we go. So mm-hmm. now we're going to go back to the bar. And when I'll we tell you, bar, I'll be honest. I want you yeah. to kiss this guy. And mm-hmm. I said, you want me to do what? The who? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, yeah. Just just kiss him and th- then do a spit take because you're not attracted to him, right? You've already said you don't want to date him. But that's fine. That's fine. We're just going to play it up the camera so you drink and drink and drink then we'll go back to the bar he's going to lean in and then kiss you unbeknownst to you and you're going to spit out your drink i said the fuck i am i don't know that man and no he's not going to put his lips on me and you're like no 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 but just for tv the fuck i am do you want me to do this show or no i will not tell kissing you guys, a stranger for your i would tell benefit. you guys now that because we haven't had any representation in our culture of real black love we have now had to produce and create our own and they are you know yes they they there's a bit of there's a bit of contriving in there as far as like the story beats etc but we are represented like they're um what can you help me out because i I cast reality i ain't gonna tell you what i watch but like we have this whole (laughs) array of black shows you know what is a great show though mimi i'm sorry not to divert from what you're saying because you're right but indian matchmaker that is, I don't know if either one of y'all are any part of that. Mm, no, I haven't. I have seen one. It, it is good. It is it's good. good but, like, but you know why? Because they know how to hit, just as you said, the beats, right? right they know right. what to say in order right. to bring the masses in. Because at right. the end of the day, these nobody's in India, okay? Let's right, about right, that. right. We're right. in America with Indians, with Asian Indians not Native Americans, Asian Indians that show up and they either have a very thick accent or they are brown and that beautiful red clay brown that they are. The point is that they represent their country and their culture, but Mm -hmm. in America. So it's an Mm -hmm. easily manipulated situation because their culture, though it's a part of them, it's not ingrained in them the same way that if they were to live in it. And that's why it makes for a good show because Mm -hmm. it's relatable in that it's like, oh, okay, they're still Americans that we can still understand Mm -hmm. what they're saying. We still get like that they you know 
get their toes and nails done too. And they, you know, live this kind of way as well. That's the only reason that it works. If they were to show up authentically 110% Indian, it wouldn't work. When I first came to LA, I, I was a page at Paramount. And what we did was we did like shows on network, uh, like on the studio and off network and the off studios. And the one thing that was really whack to me when I was doing this was like you had Frasier, which was obviously uber white. And then you had like at Sunset Gower Studios, you had the urban comedies, what they called them, the UPN people called them. And that was like the Parkers and Moesha. I mean, did you guys watch the shows at the time? I mean, because literally the, the audience was entirely, entirely different. Because we love when, our uh, people. Of course, the... we support our shows mm -hmm. and they were genuinely good show hello they Brandy, were come so good Brandy. like there's no question about whether or not they were actually good shows they were great writing they were great situations hello yes. thank you and, and you know what i loved about that at that time because i'll be very honest i'm gonna age myself right now but i was like an extra on the steve harvey show back in the day wow. and so we had our stan lathan's producing that and Absolutely. making sure we were representing represent, right. making sure we were representing you know what i mean yeah. so stan lathan that, is definitely but a, did you find it disparaging that they icon. called them urban comedies and not just a comedy? honestly i'll be honest at that time in my life you didn't even think all about i know it. was there were black shows and i was excited to be a part of it because guess what we have to have acceptance in some areas there's no wiggle room so it's like only when you allow us, when white folks say, oh, okay, we'll allow you the space to kind of move around and exemplify your talents and skills or speak on these subject matters, then we come in droves and be like, about time y'all let us in the room. Let me explain this to you. But, but, but I'll be honest to you. That, they don't let that happen. So I'm sure, and I don't want to speak for you, Mimi, but for me personally, when they're called certain things or derived as being only this, we accept it because what else are we going to do until we can get to a space where they allow us to just say something different we got to just go with the flow until we can Speaking do something. spaces. Yeah. Speaking of we spaces. Can, yeah. yeah. We were on, we were on what? UPN? How mm -hmm. big was UPN back in the day? That wasn't oh like gosh. a huge, you know what I mean? For us, yeah. we knew to find us on UPN, but who was really watching UPN back in the day? Right. Right. But they, you know they, they mean, didn't like, get we, those numbers because we came together and made sure they got those numbers. But let's be very clear. We didn't expect that y'all would show up in the rooms. And that's the saddest part of all, that that's not even an expectation. And I have to double down on it. The only reason that that expectation exists today and it's feigned, it's not real. But just so we know is because of money. If they think that they're going to be boycotted or made to look badly or poorly by a whole group of ethnic group, a, a race, then they will change their tune. To Absolutely. make sure that they get their money. Now, Kitty, I mean, you're on the talent end of it. Now, has have have you had parts where, like, if they will only hire, you know, black voiceover artists for specific parts, and they won't consider you, I guess, for a white character or anything like that? Or does that? I mean, because again, you can disguise your voice in so many different dialects and tones and stuff like that, so they don't know exactly who you are. Have you ever come up against anything like that? Well, first of all, thank you for the big up so that I cannot disguise myself as anything because Lord knows I would work more. Um, and just for the record, just like Mimi said, now that the embracing of the country has come into, we want your authentic self. We want to make sure that everybody is represented. Please, the fact that I heard Lena Waithe on an AT&T commercial and she is now the voice of AT&T blew my mind because it's obvious that it's a black woman. And I was like, wait, what? What did I miss? For so many years, I took classes to sound regionless, to be, mm. I like, you can't tell where I'm from. You can't mm. tell what ethnicity, that would sell. 
They want people that do not have any cultural background, any that literally like, oh, she just fell out of the sky and started talking. We want that person. So for years, I tried to fit into that. But as articulately as I speak, you can still hear that I'm a black woman. So I absolutely did, black I woman. Still, absolutely. And I didn't book for that reason. Now we're in a new age and everybody is, you know, as we said, money is the factor. And if black folks are walking through the streets, protesting everything and saying, fuck y'all, we not representing y'all. We're not paying any money to support this organization. They will change their tune. Absolutely. So to answer your question, James, I most assuredly do not have that, but I wish I did. Thank you for that. Um, I do my best. But what I can say is that once George Floyd and that whole situation happened during the pandemic, I remember there was a huge conversation, one that I inserted myself in on a Twitter feud. And I, I don't regret it, but I knew better. I shouldn't have done it. Don't mm -hmm. involve yourself in a back and forth with people that literally don't even have all the facts. Mm -hmm. They're speaking with their chest. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about mm. but they just want to hear themselves speak so what had happened was as you know kirsten bell very successful actress such a sweetheart it appears i don't know her but it appears she's a good person she was central cat i'm sorry central park is an animated show on apple she played the mixed race little girl on the show mm -hmm. the daughter mm -hmm. okay the daddy's black the mom is white she stepped down and said that I will no longer play this. I'm going to allow them to cast for a, gen a real black woman because despite the fact that she's mixed, we all know that what the world sees is black, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, if that's how they're interpreting her, if that's how they're viewing her, then there should be someone that is representative of that view. Right. And so a lot of white folks got up in their feelings about it. A lot of folks that they had nothing to do with motherfucking thing wanted to get into discussions on Twitter talking about what does it matter? What difference does it make? These are characters. These aren't even real people. It matters because I'd like to eat too. Can I pay my rent? Can I do that? And I'm paying my rent based on my, um, my depiction of this character that was written for me. It was written literally for a black person. So how is it that you're able to usher in any other race that is not familiar with my specific culture, the nuances that are involved mm -hmm. in black folks? Mm -hmm. I remember one time watching an interview with Denzel Washington. The woman said, the, the interviewer asked, James, stop looking so bored. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god. No, but to but to just really chime in. No, I'm just messing with you. No, I'm just messing with you. Wake up, wake up. No, I'm just messing with you, James. I love you. Um, no, but the interview was with Denzel, and the interviewer asked Denzel, why was it so important that you cast this black person in this role or that you had this black person do this? It wasn't even a role. I forget what part they played. And Denzel's answer was, it wasn't so important that I had a black person necessarily. What was important that I had someone that represented the culture. If I said to you right now, when I walk in the house, I know that smell of burning hair. I know what that is without you explaining that to me. White folks would be like, burning hair? What are you talking Oh my God, what's happening? But black folks know that is a part of our culture. On Saturday mornings, baby, you got your hair washed. You get that shit pressed. Like, That's you right. Got, you're pressing That's right. That's exactly That's what, what you we got. know. That's not something we have to explain. Let okay? me let me speak to let me speak to let me speak to what you're saying in the reality version of having the importance of black editors for black content. Okay. Yeah. Number one, there have been shows that I have cast black shows. We have had white editors and white editors are not familiar not with the, the cadence or are not familiar with the, the vernacular of us. And they have taken out some really good fucking right? beats because they didn't understand what he was saying. 
So it's important when you have a well, show. Well, wouldn't that be more on the story editor, though? No, Mimi, no, wouldn't that no, be more no, on the story no, editor? That's not, the that's not the story editor because the story editor okay. will put that in, and, and the editor is like, out. "That doesn't make that doesn't make any sense." Understand what they're right. saying because it doesn't make sense to him, James. Remember last week, and I know this doesn't involve this is not directly related to uh, the biz, the entertainment business, but it still matters. Representation is so important on so many fronts for this very reason. I told you, James, how I read an article. I'm sorry, I saw a, a, a IG of a black woman. She's a nurse. She's a works in the OBGYN um, um, department or whatever mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. the hospital. She was coming on shift. The white nurse was leaving off shift. There was a black patient who had just given birth. Mm -hmm. So the white nurse is signing off and she pulls the black nurse aside and says, listen, I got her a psych eval. And she said, a psych eval, what happened? Did something you know, go wrong? Is she acting crazy? And she's like, well, every time I come in here, she's smacking herself in the head. So I mean, something must be going on. Maybe it's postpartum, but I just, I'm concerned. And the white and the black woman thought for a second and said, wait, she's smacking. Mm -hmm. Wait, 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 is she smacking herself or is mm -hmm. she petting? her head and the white woman was like yeah that's what she's doing she was like that's called scratching our heads because we have protective styles like braids and wigs and weaves and we can't get in there and get to the scalp so we pat it and it itches so we scratch it that's our scratching mechanism but the white woman would never have known that because that's not a part of her culture this woman is about to be she just had a baby if she ain't going through enough shit now she's being psyche valve because she's scratching her own head that's so, not something that can be explained it, in it's just it's, it's a true story but a because story. because the white woman this is all she knows in her mind something's wrong never once did she think to ask the black woman what's going on never once did yeah, she that's that what i would have thought too like why didn't she right ask over there? her? And, exactly. and this whole situation would have totally or been avoided. Or why didn't she ask the black nurse? If she didn't feel comfortable asking the patient, why didn't she ask the black nurse? Do you know why she's doing that? Do you have a theory that part. On, yep. my, on why she might be acting that way? And not even having anything to do with race, just asking another human, <clears throat> excuse me, to weigh in on a subject matter. You're about to send this woman to a... Do you understand how that could really screw up her mind? I'm sure she would be defensive. She just had a baby. Let this woman right. live. Right? right? But that's the kind of thing that we're talking about if you're not privy because mm -hmm. you haven't had to be nothing's been shoved down your throat james in your lifetime that says you have to act a certain way in a certain space with certain people ever when you show up as a white man you get to talk as much as you want take all the motherfucking air out the room you get to dictate who does what and when and what mm -hmm. the, the, the moment and i know this sounds like an exaggeration and i'm being most majorly uh, dramatic here but please forgive me because you, the truth no is way. The truth. I don't give a fuck because the truth is the truth. And the truth is the moment that we come into this world, PTSD is a real thing because we Trista. are made to deliver ourselves in a way that is acceptable to the mm -hmm. white people. We have it's to figure out story. what spaces we fit in. We have to figure out what words we use. What we, we can use, to, how we can speak, what we can uh, we refer to. We have to ourselves and be smaller and less significant and, oh God, don't piss off the massa. Mm -hmm. That's literally mm -hmm. what we're told. Like, not in those words, obviously. Again, you're dramatics. But you know what I'm saying. Like, that is the, the, the culture. When we go in the store, don't y'all act up. Don't embarrass me. Mm -hmm. Who would you be embarrassing to? White people. That whole conversation that had to do with uh, Monique and her talking about, I know I'm going to get flack for this, you know, but I'm just saying, I think that we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Us Black women out here in public wearing these bonnets, especially. It's a true story. Yep, it's a true story. 
I feel her and I was torn in how I felt about that comment. But then when I talked to two different people, both black folks, I got a better understanding of why I was so torn. I have been my entire life conditioned to believe that I cannot embarrass my folks. I cannot embarrass my race, my family, my anything. So I have to hold myself to a different standard than the person beside me, Katie or Joanne or you know Becky or whatever. She's going to be fine. I absolutely after absolutely way so it's yeah bonnets out in public i get why she said it but i don't re i don't agree with her now that i've had that discussion because guess what all we're doing is not being our most authentic selves to them to make it okay for them why can't we wear our bonnets it's a protective hairpiece to make sure that the frizzes if i'm going on a nine hour flight flight to jamaica and i just got some fresh braids I want and so I, I want to lay and I want to lay my hair down on the back of the seat and, and I don't have to be all <laughs> frizzly and crackly when I get up. Can I get my protective style, please? But that's thought of as less than. That's not accepted. It's already bad enough that I got braids, God forbid, right? But now I got a bonnet on top. Oh, 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 like we just can't even exist. All I have to say, Kitty, is I'm glad I'm a balding white man. I'm sure you are. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Bibi, I mean, you've got you're you're both black and Hispanic. Do you get it from both ends? Professionally, um, I have got more times than I can count. Oh my gosh, you're I didn't you don't look like you speak Spanish. You don't you don't look Latina or what... you don't you don't look like you are mixed. I said on the black side, it's like, oh, words is like if I'm, I don't know, let's just say even I've got this from Miami to New York, which is surprisingly, right? I, you would never think yeah, in New Miami, York, I would in New York, New yeah. York, we yeah. like Afro, Boricua, like Dominican, Haitian, yeah. the whole, like the you know, yeah, the whole like Central America. But it's like still, even on the East Coast, you still get that. Or even in the States, in Miami, I've had, I've had the most racism in Miami. Like, ¿Y por qué tú hablas español? And I'm like, so they ask me, like, why do you speak Spanish? And I'm like, that, well, I don't understand your question. What do you mean, why do I speak Spanish? Do you want to ask me where I'm from? And they'll say, ah, oh, but you know that you're a little black girl and I didn't think you speak Spanish. I said, oh, you mean like your grandmother? Because I'm sure your grandmother's my complexion. Ah, pero tú sabes, Oh, you know my grandmother's a black woman? So it's, I, but I've never felt intimidated or offended. I feel like once someone doesn't understand, especially in a, in the States, especially on the West Coast, it's like, let me educate you real quick. You go to Brazil, there's women blacker than me in Brazil. You go to Puerto Rico, you go to Dominican Republic, Panama, Cuba. Oh my God, you name it. We are black people that just happen to be culturalized with the Latin culture, even in the States. Exactly. It's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. And honestly, I have gotten jobs because I am, you know, the whole Afro Latina thing is in. We don't, we don't, we haven't honestly been saying Afro Latina for years. They call me Morena when I'm in, when I'm in Laisa, when I'm in Puerto Rico. It's like Morena, which is like, so you know, brown colorism. skin. I mean, yeah, that, with brown skin. A, that's a whole different conversation. Like we could get into colorism all day because I know that you experienced that um, with Afro-Latina and definitely with black folks too. The lighter we are for years, we've been made to believe that the lighter we are, the better we are, the straighter our hair, the better we are, mm -hmm. because it means that we can assimilate. And we've our whole existence, unfortunately, as a race is to assimilate, to be acceptable, to be okay. People bring their children over from different countries and become immigrants here. The very first thing they 
do is either tell their kids not to speak their native language or to teach them how to speak English. All they want to do is fit in. They want the American dream. They want to prosper. And in order to do that, they have to get along to be along. Period. There's no white person ever that has ever said, now, how do I figure out how to be a part of this? You're already indoctrined in. Nobody's asking you shit. You don't have to prove nothing. You ain't got to put out no paperwork. You don't have to tell nobody what your race is and explain why. Da, 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 da. I'm so tired of being asked questions about certain things. And, 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 and Mimi, let me just say, I differ from you in that way. I don't feel like it's my job to explain anything to you. If you're that interested, then pick up a motherfucking book. Because guess what? My whole life, you have done nothing but shove your information down my throat. My whole life, all I've ever learned about is your history. So for you to tell me that you don't know about my history and that happened? Oh my God. They they buried think, the whole town. No, but I we, think people need a wake-up call. I, they and they I think, should I do think, something and about I, it. No That's way, not my I job. Think, I think a personal wake-up call is like, oh shit. I'm not saying I'm responsible for teaching you history, but I'm gonna tell you about me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, tell you about my experience specifically, and and you're gonna hear it from me, so you can not judge the next black person. I've been in line where we've had Latinos talk shit about me because I'm a black girl, and I turn around and be like, "Like, who are you talking right, to?" Right, Their right, fucking right. mouth would drop so quick. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And and, yeah. I, and I tell them too, yo, be in Spanish, yo, be careful who you talking about because you never exactly. know. You never, you know. don't know, and know your roots, know your history. You know what I mean? Like, and but I'm that's so where it boils I'm down so to really about honestly, even from the black culture and the shit we go through as black women and from the Afro Latino culture and the shit I go through as a black Latina woman. It's like, you know, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful culture, but I get shit on both ends. So when I get shit, I am passionate about either putting somebody in their place or educating them politely mm -hmm. one or the other. I think at the end of the day though, James, what Mimi and I are both saying is that it's exhausting. How about that? Oh. That I am part. literally drained. And when people have the gall to say things like, damn, you're so strong, you're so resilient. I don't know that we have a choice in that matter. I don't know that that's story. something. It's almost like what you guys, you know, attribute women and the fact that we're constantly carrying things on our back. It's not a choice. If we come home and our house is a filthy, nasty mess, do I want to live in a filthy mess? So I'm going to clean it because this nigga ain't cleaning nothing. My husband but you know, but you ain't know doing what, nothing. Kitty, Kitty, the one thing we didn't discuss and I do want to touch is, okay, so us, right? Fighting and, and protecting and standing up for ourselves. And then you have the white women who think they're fucking black. Ooh. Can I say that? I'm not, I never really like to say it that way, but- Why? That's the women, truth. It's such a white women who believe Insert that themselves. they are accepted into the black culture because they have a swagger that they've learned or they were uh, the brother. Or, and right, they, right. or they know a few colloquialisms, little slang. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me started on the Kardashian-Jenners, girl. Can I? Can you I, give me an example? Who Who would that Kardashian be? Kardashian-Jenners. Like? So there you go. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> but wait, let's not give sisters. them. Let's not give them because they're not, they're not white. Let's give a... a, a um, they're a, white. Aaron, white. They're Aaron, Armenian, Aaron, white. Let's oh, give them, let's give an, an Aryan, an Aryan example. So okay. who would I refer that to? Um, I don't want to say Izzy Azalea, whatever her name is. Yeah, is she I would. Azalea, not Azalea okay. Banks. Izzy, okay. what is that? Child? Okay. I mean, and the reason why I bring that up is because, because we do have to go out and like, make sure we are Pristine. dotting our I's and our T's, yep. behaving well yep. and being like certain. And then you have these Caucasian women 
or any other ethnicity. I don't want to blame it all on the white women. It's not fair. Caucasian women, Latino, Latina women that are like Latina, Latina, or your Asian women that have some, um, a little bit of Afro culture, if it's because maybe their boyfriend was black or some of their friends are black and they want to speak, you know, the, the language that we speak. And they just feel so well um, invited into our so world. And I'm like, and, and they're accepted A-OK for everything, for everything they want to do. And it's like, for us, no, no, no. No, no, no. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful what you say because you could you lose your job because of the way you speak to someone. However, if the Latina woman or the white woman who is acting as if or acting as some other ethnicity, it's okay for them or her. Absolutely. They get to emulate pretty much anything because it's already their world. They don't have to explain themselves as to why they show up in certain spaces that they're not welcome. What do you mean I'm not welcome here? Here. I'm a freaking American. I'm welcome. Anyway. So you guys must hate Karens then those 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 type Karen type I hate women. anybody, but I most certainly Karen. don't appa- uh, um, appreciate a white woman in a park walking her dog that tells the man instinctively knowing that when she calls the police with her fake cries, that this could be the, <laughs> this man's life. This man's life is on the line simply because you didn't want to adhere to what he suggested, not even told you what to do. Ma'am, the rule in the park is to fucking (laughs) put a leash on your dog. He literally, the man is watching birds for God's sake. You know damn well he does not pose a threat to you. He's a black bird watcher. How rare is that shit? So you know he's an extra nerd. So the nerdy (laughs) McNerd asks you politely to put your dog on a leash and you feel so threatened by him even speaking to you. How dare he? That you decide to call 911 and explicitly say that an African-American man has threatened you and turned on the waterworks. Baby, the, 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 Mm. the, the, the level of anger that when I saw that video, it sent me through the roof. And the fact of the matter is she get a Mm. slap on the wrist. She got fired from her job. She got rehired. She they took her dog. She got her dog back. Like yeah. it was. It, it always yeah. works out like that. Like they rushed to this. Oh no, they're attacking the black folks. You know we can't have that anymore. We're different now. We've changed. Let's jump in there and make this right. Only to eventually go right back to giving her everything that she had initially. Because they're just trying to make a point that they're in the good fight with us. But there's no truth to that. It really just boils down to money. We all know what the real thing is all about. So yes, a thought has changed in the last two or three years, but not enough. And it's all been fueled by false bravado. (laughs) It's not genuine. It's not a real caring of. And I have to say, I love how God works, James. Because Because during the pandemic, everybody had time, right? Nobody was going to work. Nobody wanted to stay in the house. So it's like it happened at a critical time in our history where we had the time today, as we say say in the black community. Oh, I got time today. Right. Mm -hmm. So like now we're going to make these marches happen. We're going to come out in droves. We're going to protest the the mishumanization of our race. But had we been in the middle of like everyday life, I don't know that it would have garnered that kind of um, traction. And so I'm super grateful. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that it happened the way that it did. We basically taken our own our, our own vernacular, our own characters, and we are who we are. And we try to find this. We try to find love and not just love, but just our our own shows you think about black ink you think about all the other content that's like catered to us you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's like it's been missing for a while but now that it's in demand 
it's it, it's finally here and it's here to stay and it's just like a revolving door different well i don't content. know that it's here to stay you know things go in waves mimi so we can you know prayers up but we I don't, very I, well know. I think i think it's here to stay i really do i think we we've spoken our voice and i feel like we uh, Girl, have we've some, been speaking some... our voice since fucking reparations what did you we've been speaking our voice so, so girl, lady, ladies ladies shit. answer answer me this question then answer me this question for a wrap-up kind of so do you think in the reality realm or the you know production of reality shows do you think you know the representation of black people is getting better or it's just you know I the think same they're as the same old, same old. us and it is getting better if you right. look at it that way it is literally subjective it's better in that the, we are showing up in more spaces and they are actually including us in these spaces but mm -hmm. let's always be clear that there's always a pecking order there's always a sense of like just know your place be grateful that we allowed you to be here and I just, I don't think it's authentic. So I think, so I will say like, for example, so I, I am going to name a few shows, right? So Blackish, it had a beautiful run. Great run, love that. The Grand Crew, that's something pretty new. The Shy, um, Insecure, Run the World. Like we, 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 we're, we, yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely coming through. We're definitely coming through. And, and our kind of people, are you kidding me, kidding? Come on now, like we coming through, and we 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 making we I feel like we making some we making a, a a definite stand, and I feel like it's gonna get better. Well, optimism is great. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. all I'll say. Mm -hmm. I love that optimism. Well, that was quite the discussion, huh? <laughs> Never a dull moment with this group. I love it. A special thank you to Mimi for joining us on this podcast episode about Hollywood casting. And please feel free to follow and subscribe to Talking Black and White wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, yeah. And pull up to our socials. Find me on IG, Facebook, and Twitter as Kitty Kaboom, K-I-T-T-I-E-K-A-B-O-O-M. And Producer James on Insta, spelled just as it sounds, Producer James. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Talking Black and White. Bye.